you are now watching the Health and Wellness Connection, broadcasting live on Afro Vibes TV, featuring your host, Dr. Barry. Hello, this is Dr. Barry, your host for today's show. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of the Health and Wellness Connection, guys. This show will hopefully be an entertaining and informative episode where we discuss some of the latest ongoings in the health and wellness arena. Now, before we get started, I want to give much love and thanks to Afro Vibes Television for bringing us this amazing opportunity to allow us to deliver the health news to you each and every week. Again, my name is Dr. Barry, your host. Again, I'm a board certified emergency medicine physician, as well as a doctor who has a passion for health and wellness. Hence the reason I'm here bringing you the news in this very space. So first things first, the coronavirus is still a huge thing. Many countries all over the globe are now starting to lock down due to increased concern of spiking new cases globally. All throughout Europe, the Americas, Russia, and even in the Asian continent, the numbers are rising astronomically. So let's go over some of the numbers and try to get a better idea as to where the virus is truly affecting the global population. So the total number of cases globally seen just at the end of the second week in November currently stands just short of 54 million people. And while the total number of global cases of the coronavirus infection that has occurred during this pandemic is around 54 million, approximately 1.3 million people have died as a result of their infections. Around 37.6 million people have survived and fully recovered from their coronavirus infection as well, once again showing us that the coronavirus infection is not, I repeat, not a death sentence. However, it is still critical that spread of the virus is taken seriously as this virus can be extremely dangerous in our older and immunocompromised populations. The United States is now seeing unprecedented levels of new cases being diagnosed every day as a result of this coronavirus pandemic. We currently in the United States are seeing about 150,000 new cases per day. Those are some of the highest numbers we have diagnosed or we have seen since the pandemic began. Now, many experts are worried that because of these extremely high numbers, which we're currently seeing, we will definitely start to notice far, basically very, very severely increasing numbers of deaths as well. And this can result in overflowing hospital admissions, overworked hospital staff, and overwhelmed hospital systems. Given the ongoing shortage amongst nursing staff and emergency care workers, this trend has many specialists and other observers of the healthcare industry very worried, which includes myself. Currently, the USA has about 11 million total cases, making it the top nation globally when it comes to the coronavirus. And again, we're averaging about 160,000 new cases per day, which again are extremely high and approaching really the highest we've seen since the pandemic started. USA again, we're having about 1,400 deaths per day. Now, second on the list, is India, with a total number of about 8.7 million cases total since the pandemic began in the, in the Asian country. They're seeing about 40,000 cases per day as well, which is not as high as it was previously, but 
because of the fall season, it's believed that they're going to get increasing and even more increasing numbers as we progress toward the December and winter seasons. They're also seeing about 500 deaths per day, which is also much higher than what they have been averaging for the past few months. Brazil is currently number three on the list at about 5.8 million cases total since, since the pandemic started and at about 35,000 cases per day as far as new diagnoses. Now, while these kind of numbers kind of have been routine for the, for the nation of Brazil, they've noticed they've been increasing slowly as well over the past few months. Now, in regards to deaths, there are about 600 cases per day. Now, the fourth nation on the top five list is Europe, and they, uh, sorry, is France, which is actually the top in Europe. Now, France has about 1.9 million cases total and approximately 23,000 cases per day and about 900 deaths per day. So as you can see, that's in France, and it's definitely compared, it's actually much higher when you compare it to other nations in Europe and as well as what France has been doing prior over the summer months. Now, many people in France are very concerned that whatever strain of the coronavirus that is currently plaguing the nation could result in a more severe mortality rate, because that's something that was seen during the last uh, season, uh, last winter season. For this reason, many nations in, Europe, in the European continent have already began to institute lockdowns, which we will talk about shortly. And lastly, Russia is top, is the fifth nation on the top five list, with about 1.8 million total cases of the virus since the beginning of this whole pandemic started. They're averaging about 21,000 cases of new infections per day, with about 400 cases of death per day. So again, they're definitely lower than other nations of comparable size, but ironically, these numbers, um, while worse than previously, are pretty good for a nation that have been, you know, doing a pretty aggressive job in kind of trying to stem the spread of the virus. You know, they've been instituting measures like pushing for widespread use of their homemade vaccines, like the Sputnik, which we talked about a few months ago. You know, that's readily available to healthcare workers. They're also employing lockdowns and other interventions. Furthermore, they've managed to help stem the spread uh, quite effectively with all these measures. And lastly, Putin himself is actually believed to be in a double bubble of sorts, meaning that you actually have to go through two different levels of screening to even get to him in person. So this is kind of um, an example of how serious the you know, Russian government has taken some of these preventative measures to help spread the virus. Now back to the matter stateside, as many states in the United States have crossed new thresholds of new diagnoses and broken many new records as a result. For example, various states, including Texas and California, have the dubious recognition of having crossed 1 million total cases in each state, respectively. Now, what's unique about the situation is that the two states literally represent a completely different approach toward intervention in this pandemic, as California, for instance, underwent a relatively aggressive lockdown uh, measures, including banning indoor dining, shutting down many bars and nightclubs and after-hour spots, really ceasing production on movies and television sets unless proper social distancing protocols were observed, and other fairly aggressive measures. They've also been shutting down public offices, reducing hours um, quite substantially, and also essentially eliminating many non-essential services to help reduce contact in the populace and overall reduce the level of spread. Now in Texas, things have been a little different. They've been relatively lax with their overall restrictions, including continuing to allow restaurants to operate, albeit with reduced 
uh, uh, capacity restrictions, as well as allowing other non-essential businesses to continue to operate like bars and other um, hangouts with minor restrictions here and there, like masks, mandates, and so forth. However, despite these two states with very different approaches toward the pandemic, they have seen fairly significant increases in overall cases, and they've actually run fairly close as far as numbers. Many researchers now using some of these differences in these states and their approach to the virus, despite similar numbers, to determine what actual factors are contributing to the increased spread in certain areas in certain parts of the country. Now, President-elect Biden, in his victory speech, assured Americans that his first task upon assuming the mantle of President of the United States would be to get this raging virus pandemic under control by announcing the formation of a group of leading scientists and experts to help him do just that. American physician Dr. Vivek Murthy is expected to co-chair this coronavirus task force. President-elect Biden states that he will institute very aggressive measures to fight this coronavirus. Now, the initial plan that he's laid out calls for doubling the number of testing sites throughout the country, investing in rapid at-home tests that are readily available to anyone who wants them, as well as creating a nationwide pandemic dashboard, which will allow a quick access to assess the nation's coronavirus infection rate. He also plans on mobilizing 100,000 Americans for contract tracing so we can help monitor patients who are sick and isolating and following them until they recover. Now, many cities are starting to institute increased lockdown measures, including shutting down schools and other public facilities to help them stem the spread of the virus. Chicago, for instance, has recently instituted a month-long stay-at-home advisory and the Detroit public school system, which is located in Michigan, has also called for a halt to in-person instruction to help curb the spread of coronavirus, as more than a dozen and more than a dozen, dozen other U.S. states also reporting doubling of overnight cases in the last two weeks. However, one glimmer of hope has been noted that even though the case numbers are increasing, the death rate is not increasing as sharply. Now, many scientists are concerned that typically there's like a two-week delay between infections as far as them being diagnosed to when the death rate starts to increase. So for that reason, many scientists are still very cautious and are going to be monitoring those numbers carefully to see how those death rates rise if they do. Now, the Midwest of the United States has not been spared either. Many states in the Midwest, led by Iowa, Minnesota, Michigan, and Illinois, have also seen coronavirus cases doubled in the past two weeks. This pattern has continued throughout the South, including North Carolina as well. So because of all this spread across the Midwest, really all over the country, uh, many public health, health experts, including Dr. Anthony Fauci, recently called for a doubling down on public health measures as we wait for the vaccine um, to, come, to come online. Now, Dr. Anthony Fauci expects vaccines to reach ordinary citizens by May or June of 2021. Now, the vaccine um, front has got a lot of interesting news this past week, as Pfizer and another co company, BioNTech, announced recently that their coronavirus vaccine was more than 90% effective and at preventing COVID-19. Again, that's amongst those who did not have the infection prior to the vaccine. Now, this announcement, you know, really raised all sorts of, uh, you know, markers, stock market uh, soared. Many uh, other companies had some positive feedback from this. 
But many vaccine makers are struggling to ensure that the vaccines be able to be delivered safely to all those who need it. Now, the good news is that when typically when vaccines are created by scientists, it's a good thing if they're at least 75% effective. Sometimes even as low as 40 to 50% effective can be seen as certain vaccines, for example, the flu vaccine. Now, the coronavirus vaccine has been one of the more efficacious vaccines we've seen on record as 90% um, is extremely good and as part of the reason why Pfizer and the other companies involved have been very highly praised. Now, if we look at the actual numbers of the trial where this vaccine was actually assessed in their phase three, 43,000 patients were approximately involved in this trial. 90% of the people who received the vaccine were able to develop antibodies and form an immunity against the COVID-19 infection. Now, this was measured approximately seven days after the second dose of the two-dose vaccine was given. Now, again, this is, this is the first set of data from this trial. So again, you're gonna see more as the trial continues to proceed and other phases are instituted. The good news is that with the phase three trial, it's very good to see some of the potential side effects of the vaccines because these are when the numbers are big enough that we can see some of those potential rare side effects that may emerge. And with the data as they're analyzing it, they're able to determine that if it is safe, then the next step will be getting ready for mass manufacture, which Pfizer has already applied for permission for, from the FDA to do just that. It's believed that the initial set of vaccines that are out in the public will be available made specifically for healthcare workers and other critical staff to get them first. Hey guys, so we're gonna switch gears here a bit. We're gonna talk about multivitamins and whether or not they are or may not be effective for improving your health. Now, an interesting study came out recently, came out of Harvard University, led by a Dr. Manish Paranjipi. Sorry for mispronouncing that if I did. But this study really looked to analyze whether or not the subconscious mind may be behind the health improvement scene in many people taking um, multivitamins, either over-the-counter or prescription. Now, the stance of the researchers in the, behind the study was that multiple studies have already shown that really there's no significant change in health or life expectancy of patients who take multivitamin supplements versus those who don't. So for their study, they interviewed about 21,000 adults in a general health and wellness uh, survey, which they asked people about their overall health conditions, what they're going through, what their medications taking, and other medical issues they may be dealing with. Now on this sample of 21,000 people, 4,900 people actually reported taking a multivitamin or mineral tablet regularly. Now after analyzing these patients who were taking uh, multivitamins versus those who did not take any kind of multivitamin or didn't admit to it anyway, it was found that there was really no difference in their overall health and wellness as far as they had the same number of chronic illnesses, they died at the same rate, really was not an objectively different outcome as far as health and wellness was concerned. But those who reported taking the multi-tablet reported feeling healthier and feeling better despite the actual numbers not showing a difference. Now it's believed that those who um, were feeling better may have had some sort of psychological boost in their overall approach toward health and wellness, which allowed them to potentially take it more seriously and be more cognizant of it. Now in-depth analysis of the data showed that people who were, you know, who took multivitamins or mineral supplements tended to believe they were in better health, regardless of their race, sex, education, age, or income. And many people believe that because they felt better, even though the numbers again didn't show any difference in outcomes, it's believed that this kind of subconscious belief helped them overall boost their health and take their health more seriously. 
you know, generally being more positive about their personal health, regardless of what they what they take is believed that, you know, that positive thinking is what really helped improve their health conditions. Now, of course, we here at the Health and Wellness Connection TV show are huge fans of positive thinking and mental meditation. Um, and this, therefore, is not really a big surprise to me. But it's very important that a positive mindset is something you use to help keep yourself protected for a lot of the issues that are ongoing out here, you know, in the world, be it, you know, societal issues, you know, they all can affect us personally and, you know, as far as our particular physical and mental health. So now, multivitamins can be effective, especially as a supplement, but it's far more beneficial to eat nutrient-dense foods, which are chock full of those multivitamins and other minerals, which can help provide those health benefits that these minerals have been purported to, to cause. Now, eating poorly and not being physically active, but taking a multivitamin, you know, doesn't really do you any favors because the eating and the physical fitness is far more important than a supplement, especially if you're eating nutritious because the food can technically have all the nutrition you need where you don't really need a supplement. So again, the overall improvement or overall thing you should be focused on is improving your health and wellness through eating good foods, eating nutrient-dense foods, and staying physically active. Now, those are just a couple of things that, you know, we see when it comes to health and wellness. But one big thing that gets, you know, not enough attention in my book is the effect of stress and how stress by itself can really damage your health, really negate some of the positive behavioral patterns you may be doing to improve your health and wellness, like taking multivitamins or exercising or just other uh, interventions. Now, what is stress exactly? Before we get too, you know, carried away with the overall effects of stress, what is it exactly? Well, stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. Now, it can come from an, any, an event you've been involved in or a thought process that you're engaging in that makes you feel frustrated, angry, or nervous. Now, stress is your body's reaction to this kind of challenge or demand you may be going through. Now, in short bursts, you know, stress can be positive, you know, so when you're, let's say you're stressed out because you see a lion coming at you about to eat you up, you want to get stressed out, you then think fight or flight kicks in, and you're able to respond appropriately. Now, but if stress lasts a long time or if it's a daily stress, let's say, uh, 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 you know, a partner who's stressing you out or a job that's very stressful, long-term stress over a long period of time can harm your health. Now, it's important because your body re responds to stress by secreting hormones. Now, these hormones can make your brain more alert, they can cause your muscles to be more tense, and they can get your heart rate pumping, just kind of gets you ready to engage or do what you need to do to deal with the stressor that you're dealing with. Now, again, this can be good in the short term, but long term, this can really have a lot of bad effects. Now, chronic stress and some of the issues it can cause that we have known scientifically can be associated with this include high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, obesity, depression, or anxiety. So definitely things that are very dangerous, things that can cause a lot of problems. Not to talk of other potential issues like digestive issues, sleeping problems, sexual dysfunction, other really terrible things that no one will admittedly want to have you know, um, as part of their normal daily issues. So how do we deal with stress? Well, there's a lot of things you can do, and that's a whole other show which we're gonna talk about, but I wanna just kinda of expound on it because of the times we're in right now. Um, you wanna definitely learn, you know, to meditate and clear your mental of all the different issues that may be affecting you at a certain given time. Meditation can be an effective way to clear your mind and help modulate stress response your body, you know, incorporates when it's dealing with stress. You know, I always recommend 15 minutes of meditation every morning. It can be very effective in helping reset your, your mental 
state and helping kind of soothe some of those stressors that could be potentially affecting your ability to function normally. Also, exercise can be very, very effective in helping your body deal with stress, helping you kind of deal with some of the issues that can lead to some of these stressful or dangerous symptoms you see with chronic stress relief. Alright guys, and also nutrition is very important as far as managing your stress response. So eating healthy, like we say, well-balanced meals, drinking your water, all those things can help your body deal with stress in an effective way to help reduce some of those harmful effects of chronic stress. Talking to others is also very important as well. You know, if you have a, you know, a, a, a counselor or, you know, if you're in therapy, it's also a very excellent way to help deal with some of those stressors. Talking to people, helping kind of other people see the issues you're dealing with can help maybe give you some advice as far as how to deal with them to help reduce those stressors. So talking to others, very effective. Now, one thing you should also try to do is avoid drugs and alcohol. You know, those are the common ways people like to, you know, deal with stress. I'm sure you heard of the term drowning your sorrows and so forth and alcohol or, you know, smoking all sorts of illicit drugs like crack cocaine and so forth. Those things can be very, very harmful to your health in the long term. Even though they can give you a sense of euphoria and, you know, good feelings during the, you know, act of ingesting or imbibing the, the substances, long-term effects are almost universally dangerous for a lot of those substances. So definitely, you know, be careful with, with drugs and alcohol as a coping mechanism. Now, if you're just enjoying, a, you know, a good time and you're drinking just to help enhance your mood, that's one thing. But to, you know, use that as an escape can be a very dangerous thing. So be careful about that. And also take a break. You know, if there's something going on, let's say you're getting stressed out at work, consider taking a leave of absence for a couple weeks. Maybe going on a vacation. You know, dissociating yourself from that constant stressor, you know, can be a very effective and really helpful way to help reduce those long-term effects. Now, if you're married to your stressor, Hey, that's a whole other issue. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what to do, but hey, you wanna try to reduce those stressors as much as you can. Um, and lastly, recognize we need more help. Like I said, getting help is something you should definitely do. You know, there's always people out there who can help you, be it family, friends, or professionals. You know, I tell all my patients to consider therapy, especially when you're dealing with things that you don't know how to really grasp. Having a second pair of ears, hearing you out, understanding your problems, and making, maybe giving you some advice that can help you you know, approach that in a way that's going to be more constructive. It's something that all people should do and something I'm recommending you do, especially if you're dealing with stress on a daily basis. So that's it, guys. We're here at the end of the show. Thanks for joining us today on the Health of Wellness Connection TV show. I'm so happy, you know, to be here to bring this to you guys. Hopefully, you got some out of it. Please, if you have any questions or any topics you want us to address in a future episode, please write to us at info at afrovibes.tv as well as you can hit me up on Instagram Hashtag or hashtag or the uh, my ad sign is at Dr. Barry MD. Check out the bottom of the screen. Last but not least, if you have any questions or any concerns or you want to, you know, submit any ideas for us, check us out on our Facebook page, www.afrovibes television. All right, guys. So again, see you next week. I'm Dr. Barry, appreciate your time. Peace.